we've got a new sponsor. Yes, www.badfishmerch.com, where listeners can get 10% off with our promo code ThemePark at checkout. Tell me more. They can do any slogan or picture using all sorts of vinyls, including rainbow, leather effect, glow in the dark, and even reflective. I'd quite like to see myself reflected in someone else's slogan that they were wearing. Creepy. But you too can be creepy at www.badfishmerch.com using promo code ThemePark. What slogan sums up this show? Chaos ensues. Lovely. Roll the titles. Hello, thank you for choosing to listen to Theme Park Films Podcast. We are Carla and Holly, two friends from England, who will ride the movies, watch the film and give you our thoughts. You can find us on at Theme Park Films on Twitter. Oh, and just one more thing. If you are driving whilst listening to this podcast, please keep your arms inside the vehicle for the duration of the show. Thank you. And welcome to Theme Park Films. I'm Carla, and there's everyone joined by Holly. Hello. And we are doing a re-record of an episode that we did last month, which didn't come out. Annoying, really, because, you know, for us, very organised. When I say us, I mean me. We all know it's me. But it was, you know, it, it was... It, it was too perfect. Alarm bells should have been ringing for me because normally to get Holly to watch any film, even one she likes, is quite difficult. And I'd got her to agree to go to the opening night of Toy Story 4 and to record pretty much the next day for it. Mm. So we would have had it out within two days of the film being released. There was no complaints. It all went smoothly. We had a nice evening. Great. And then I was wearing a theme park films top because obviously, you know, why wouldn't I on, on this special occasion? And she turned, looked at me and said, for f- sake, that was the first word before even hello. <laughs> Sorry. We recorded, good episode, didn't come out. Just beyond annoying. Obviously, we did announce it on Instagram. Not that anyone's waiting for our episode. Sat on the edge of their, edge of their seat. And if you are, please do something else with your life. This is no way to spend it waiting for Theme Park Films episode. But because we we hyped it, we did put on there that it hadn't recorded. And we asked our listeners who they thought reacted the worst when we found out it hadn't recorded. And it was 74% thought it was you, Molly. And little do they know. Carla, quite frankly, lost her shit. <laughs> I had like a Woody style breakdown that evening. And it was, I just didn't know what way to go, whether to be like, get a grip, or I didn't know if that would push you over the edge. And then I didn't know whether I should be really like, oh dear, oh no, you know, like that. I just, I, I was in a very, I didn't know what to do. You handled it well. I mean, fair play. And it wasn't like we could say, 
the next day oh we'll just do it again I was going on holiday it wasn't that so I couldn't I couldn't even do it couldn't couldn't even make me feel better by by doing that and saying look we'll just we'll just do it again yeah I'm, I apologize for that but the thing is I think that's the one and only time you've ever seen me actually change any kind of mood yeah I'm normally fairly consistent you would expect me to react a certain way, but I didn't. I think a meltdown once every 10 years of friendship. It's fine. And and the fact that that was it. Whatever floats your boat, isn't it? It's odd. <laughs> Considering you know, I'm not going to go on air as to all the things I've been through in 10 years, but let me say that was possibly the least serious yeah. thing that's happened to me. And that was the time I decided I couldn't cope. The other times, quite frankly, just brushed it off. Take it on the chin, stiff upper lip. Yeah, each to their own. Anyway, as you've guessed, we are talking about Toy Story 4. It was released on the 21st of June 2019 in both the UK and the USA. Mm-hmm. So, unusual. Yeah. Got a dual release this time. And normally, this time, we talk about the ride. But if you head on back to our first ever episode, and please forgive the sound quality because it was bad. We, we talk about Buzz Lightyear Ride and Toy Story Mania. So we can't really talk about those again, but we'll touch briefly on Toy Story Land that's just opened in Disney Hollywood Studios, I think. Yeah, so obviously Toy Story Land's open since. The theming looks amazing, because neither of us have been. Yeah, we must point out we haven't been. We haven't actually physically been yet, Um because we haven't had a holiday there yeah. since it's been built. But we've seen a lot of it on YouTube. But do not understand why people queue so long for Slinky Dog Dash. So maybe if someone's been, there's they could tell us. Because maybe, maybe it is amazing. I don't know. It just doesn't look that great. It looks like a run-of-the-mill fun roller coaster. Yeah. I'm on the app as we like to check every now and then, see what the waiting times are. Oh, I love this. Okay, so it's six o'clock here. It's about one o'clock in the afternoon in Florida. It's probably peak time, I reckon. Slinky Dog Dash is... It's so long, they've just put a plus on it. It just says 120 plus. Gosh. And there's not much uh, shelter there. You know, you're going to be out. What's the temperature? What's the temperature there? I'm going to have a look. Temperature at the moment, 33 degrees. Oh, 40% chance of rain at three o'clock. That means people are going to be standing out in 33 degrees with ponchos on. Oh, that's a build up of sweat. Horrid. I will just quickly say, actually, that if people do want to hear about someone that actually has been to Toy Story Land, we recommend you go over to the Go Informed podcast hosted by our friend Maven. And she talks all about Toy Story Land. She was there when it first opened and she can give you lots of tips and tricks. Yeah. So we definitely recommend that one. Just briefly, they've got the Alien Swirlers over there as well. Yeah, what's the weight on that? Uh, only 40 minutes on that one. Oh, okay, fine. And then, of course, Toy Story Mania, which we've already talked about, that's 55 minutes, which I would expect, to be honest, in July. Yeah. That's not unreasonable. The thing with Disney now is, and I noticed this more than ever when I went last year, was that everything has to be booked in advance. You can't just do something. On a whim. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not a whim person. You know me, I'm not. But if I'm finding it too organised, it's too organised. Yeah. 
agreed and I don't think it's I get it but I don't think it's fair that you you know you have to there's all these fast passes and all of that like to queue for Pandora you know which could be like four hours long or something Mm. you know for the flight of passage is just it's too much well I, I never stay on Disney property because one I just can't think of anything worse than Disney characters coming up to me when I'm trying to eat my breakfast. That would drive me nuts. But secondly, it's way too expensive. So I always say just off of it. And if you're not on Disney property, you can still use Magic Band, but you can only get a maximum of two fast passes in a day. So you have to choose wisely. And when I was going to Epcot, I wanted to see the Frozen ride because I hadn't seen it at that point. And I, I, when I was going there that morning, I was like, oh, I'll just go on the app, book a time. Yeah. I had to book three days in advance for Frozen. Goodness sake. So there was no, no hope of me getting on there that day unless I was mental and wanted a queue for three hours. So I had to change everything around so that I was at Epcot in three days' time. And I just think to a certain extent, doesn't it take the fun out of it? Yes. I'm just not sure I like it. Although from what I read online, everyone seems to love it. All these proper Disney nerds seem to really love it. Mm. And I'm not knocking nerds because you couldn't meet anyone more nerdy. (laughs) You shouldn't have to book something three days in advance. And I bet that's what this slinky ride is. Some people, they book like over a month Mm. in advance. It's like, who, who knows what ride they want to go on in a month's time? And sometimes it's very dependent on the weather. Like, if I know it's going to be raining, yeah. I would probably choose not to go to Epcot because it's a very open park. You know, on a raining day, I would choose probably Universal yeah. or Disney Hollywood Studios or something that's a little bit, got lots of indoor rides in it. I certainly wouldn't be walking around Epcot. But if I've booked it, what can I do? I have to turn up on that day. Yeah. I mean, I know you can change it on the app, but it's not easy. And you have to change it, obviously, for the next available slot, which isn't necessarily that day or even that week. And it's because mental people go on there and book (laughs) six months in advance. Stop it. And even when, you know, like even when, like when you watch some people, you know, especially on YouTube and things like that, and you watch them doing, um, you know, doing their, their holiday and stuff, none of it really seems actually like they're, a lot of the time, they don't seem like they're having that much fun. It just always feels a bit like, got to get to the next place, got to do the next thing, mm-hmm. got to get this done. And it's like, just enjoy yeah. it. Luckily, because I always go off season. And I never really want to go on any rides that have got particularly long things other than I'd wanted to see Frozen. I probably wouldn't bother again unless I could get on it straight away. But it must be hell. If you've got kids and you're trying to get round there, that all the children I see are just being pulled around by some manic mother wearing a bum bag that's got like hand sanitizer attached to her bag. Mm, that's that's bath and body works that is I, i've got one actually i can't knock it they're really good but it's always that kind of mother and she's like you know got to get to haunted mansion quick and it's like you know she's dragging them past all of these amazing things that they would probably really enjoy sod that she's got to get to haunted mansion because she booked that last november <laughs> well yeah yeah let the kids enjoy Disney for what it is. It's amazing. Just being in there is amazing. Right. 
we've gone on far too long. If anyone's still listening, I'll be amazed. So the film starts nine years previous. And we see a whole montage of RC, the remote control car, being lost. And there's a whole rescue mission, blah, blah, blah. Don't, I don't see the point of this. We didn't see the point of it, did we? There was no need for the whole thing. No, I felt like I had to concentrate and then I felt really mugged off because actually it went nowhere and I could have been thinking about something else at that point. Yeah. The upshot is after all that, which is completely irrelevant, Bo Peep gets donated. So Molly, who is Andy's sister, no longer wants her Bo Peep lamp and she donates it. Woody has a chance to go with Bo Peep. She says, why don't you come with me? Of course, his obsession with Andy takes over. (laughs) Andy stays behind. Just to point out that during this, I was taking notes in the dark and Holly was whispering what she wanted Mm -hmm. me to write down every now and then. And everything that Holly whispered, some of it I can't say. And the ones I can say are mainly pathetic, which was each time Woody came on screen. Yeah, he was though. Let me get this straight. I, I, I was a huge Woody fan. I loved Woody in the first one, second one, third, I could see kind of Holly's point. This one, he really did go over the top. It was too much. The whole way through, it was it was just such... He, you know, he's so single-minded, isn't he? He's a very close-minded fellow. He can't see the bigger picture. No, can't see the wood for the trees. He can't. But we also noticed that they had a big house, but there's only the mum, so we wondered where Dad was, didn't we? we I just wanted to know a little bit more about the the family dynamic you know like did she go out to work you know two children she had a big you know a lot to look after is Andy's dad did he die yeah Disney love killing parents as we talk about practically every episode they love to kill off parents so I would imagine he's probably dead in Disney world not he's dead in Disney world I mean he's dead in Disney's world I don't mean he died in Disney world yeah yeah we don't know that (laughs) So it then goes into a montage of you've got a friend in me and we see Andy growing up, giving his toys to Bonnie and it brings us up to present day. Now, Bonnie, by this point, I don't know what age do you go to kindergarten because I'm not 100% sure what kindergarten is. Is it the equivalent of our nursery or our infant school? I don't really know. Maybe our infant school. So maybe she's like five So it cuts to Bonnie, she's playing with the toys, but she pulls all of the toys out of the wardrobe other than Woody, and she takes Woody's sheriff's badge off him and gives it to Jesse. Woody tries to style it out as if he's not bothered. Which we all know he is. He's really bothered. And at this point, I could understand him being bothered. I'll forgive him for this. It can't be nice to yeah. be cut in the back. This is a normal reaction. We're not knocking him for this bit. We see her playing outside. We see a brief cameo from Mr. Pricklepants, who should have been in the film Far all more. the way through. Yes, oh my God. Just wonderful. He's just He just stole the entire film with about two seconds. Yeah. Do you think Tom Hanks was like, he's not allowed to be in there? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Tom Hanks is the reason that Tim Allen's Buzz Lightyear character was literally turned into a buffoon this entire mm. film. But we'll get onto that later. Like maybe Tom Hanks isn't the nice guy everyone thinks he is. <laughs> and he demanded that Buzz look an absolute idiot. 
Yeah. And we got the purple haired doll, and she's kind of the Woody of Bonnie's room, I guess. Yeah. She she puts him in his place when he's kind of moaning and saying that he, that Bonnie can't go to kindergarten without a toy, and she's saying, you know, the parents have said no. Yeah, and I I kind of agree with that because I remember on my first day at school I wanted to take a toy with me and my mum and dad didn't want me to be laughed at for being like a baby. So they stopped me for my own good from doing that. Yeah. So really, I don't think he was helping her. No, I don't. And also she wouldn't, of all the toys that she would want, he should have let Bonnie make a decision of what toy she wanted. Yeah, so basically because... Uh, Woody is obsessed. Well, he just has to be number one. That's his problem. It's got nothing to do with like, he he dresses it up like it's for someone else, but it's not, it's for him. Mm. He's incredibly (laughs) self-absorbed. He certainly is in this film. So he gets into Bonnie's rucksack. Yeah. She basically gets introduced to the teacher who at first seems really nice and then is like the worst teacher in the world because she doesn't notice that Bonnie is sitting by herself, that a child has stolen her art supplies and she's got nothing to use to make this pen pot that they're supposed to be making. Awful teacher. Yeah, she wasn't very observant. There's also a cameo in the background from Boo from Monsters, Inc., who is now obviously a little bit older. We have to be honest, though, we didn't know that, did we? We didn't know that at the time, no. We didn't spot no. her, but it's been all over the internet. So Yeah, so now we know. Now we know she was there. And I wonder what the timeline is, though. I mean, you could go nuts thinking about it, but Boo was about two in Monsters, Inc. Cause she's only five now. Only f- It's been only three years since Monsters, Inc. in this yeah. world. But didn't this world run concurrently with... Toy Story? I don't know. Seems a bit weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's weird. Mm. Woody sees that Bonnie's by herself. She doesn't have anything to use to make this pen pot. So he climbs out of her rucksack and chucks the content of the bin at her, which is basically old scraps. (laughs) And she obviously doesn't make a pen pot because there's not really anything in there to make a pen pot but what she does yeah. do is she makes Falky who again was one of the the characters that really made the film yeah absolutely we were both convinced before we went in it that we would hate Falky I thought he looked like he was destined to be the most annoying character ever I didn't think either of us would like him and no. Actually, he made us laugh more than anyone, and both of us actually laughed out loud, and that's quite rare. Yeah. Get a laugh out loud from either of us in a cinema special. Uh, but technically, he's a spork, but whatever. I don't know why they couldn't have just made him a spoon, to be honest. Know. So you asked me to write at this point that Woody was playing God. He was. She chucks the fork into the bag with Woody. Obviously, she doesn't realise that Woody is in there. In front of Woody's eyes, Falky comes to life. Yes. And he's very confused. Because he thinks he's rubbish. He thinks he's rubbish. So he's introduced to the toys back in Bonnie's room. And all he, all he keeps saying is trash. Yeah. Because that's him. He is, you know, in his mind, he's rubbish. He's trash. 
And it, it, I mean, it is, it's a pretty funny scene where he just keeps running to the bin, yes. shouting trash. He doesn't understand that he's a toy. We then see the parents take Bonnie on a little road trip, kind of as a well done for whatever this weird semi-day was. And we wondered, why was Woody even on the trip? And then we surmised between ourselves that he probably chucked himself in the in the suitcase himself or whatever. Especially as Mr. Pricklepants wasn't there. I know. I mean, who wouldn't be taking him? I want him to go on a road trip with me. Still my favourite quote from you, and we've been doing this podcast for two and a half years, and the best thing you've ever said was who would play with a piggy bank. And you said it early doors. It was in our first episode. You've never bettered it. But it is true. Why would you take, one, why would you play with a piggy bank? And two, why would you take it on a road trip? Yeah. The thing is, like, there's so much detail. Like, you know, when they go on the road trip, they stop at Dinoco, you know, mm. which is yes. obviously... A nod to cars. Lightning McQueen gets sponsored or wants to be sponsored by and then gets sponsored by. So like, they have all of these things. And it's like you look at it and, like, you know, you go away and you read about stuff and you're like, oh, there's there's Boo and, you know, all of these things. And then sometimes it's like they just sort of always fail at the last hurdle. Like, why wouldn't Mr. Pricklepants have been there? It would have made more sense if there was a small scene or something which was like she you know the parents said something like oh let her take all her toys it's the last sort of it's her last trip before school or whatever and you know every trip was there we didn't have to see him you know he could have just Mm. been there in the background well also what we um noticed was that the martians weren't there at all that we saw them very briefly in the room and then that was the end of them and they've always been a huge presence the Mm. little green martians in all of the toy story films yeah so much so they've got their own ride and they were practically absent from the film. Yeah. Which I thought was um, an interesting choice. And then quite a lot of focus on, it was very much the Woody show, wasn't it? The only one of the old characters that got consistent airtime was Woody. And yes, you could argue Bo Peep, but she wasn't really a main character ever. No. She was always Woody's kind of love interest, but she wasn't really featured heavily in the in the films. And by the third one, she'd gone. Yeah, because she had to go. She had to go, yes, because for anyone that, that doesn't know, we're going to give a little fact. They couldn't have her in the third film because there was the fire scene. And because she's made of porcelain, she would have shattered. There's no way she could have come out of it unscathed so they had to write her out of it and they said that she'd been donated off camera so that was why she she didn't make it to the third film and again that's that's great detail isn't it yeah that they've really gone into and yet they haven't thought why would a child play with yeah. a china piggy bank Falky is still completely confused by well, by being alive, by being uh, considered a, a toy, all of these things. He says, I was made for soup, salad, maybe chilli, and then the trash. He does. And he jumps out of the van. So Woody then jumps after him. We have Woody bleating on about Andy again. Oh. By this point, he's been with Bonnie for at least three years, probably, yeah. I would have said. Going by the age of Bonnie, if she was about, oh, I don't know, maybe two years, but whatever. It's been a while. It's too much. It is. It's ridiculous. Woody obviously knows where they're headed, so he 
carries Fulky or Park carries Fulky with him back to the RV park where they are staying. And along the way, he walks past an antique shop and he spots Bo Peep's lamp in the window. Yeah. By this point, by the way, Fulky is completely convinced that he is going to become a toy now. He manages to talk him round. Desperate to get back to Bonnie. Yeah. Sun's rising as well. So, you know, they haven't got long, have they? No, they haven't got long. But again, Woody puts himself first and decides, oh, that might be the Bo Peep I know. So he climbs through the letterbox with Fulky and they find themselves in this antique shop. They can't see Bo anywhere, but they do bump into a ventriloquist dummy, which you found rather frightening. I I jumped, didn't I? Several times. Each time he came on screen, grabbed my arm and kept going, I don't like it. It was horrible. (laughs) I really liked Victor, the ventriloquist dummy. I don't know if they were all called Victor because there was a few of them, but I thought they were really funny. Because they are really creepy dummies. They're the creepiest things ever. Yeah. So basically, uh, this dummy is working for, it appears, this doll called Gabby Gabby. At first, she seems creepily nice. I mean, I don't think we were ever fooled into no. thinking she was a good character. Oh, absolutely she was not. Damn sinister. But she had a very nice, calming voice, very, like, Almost gangsterish, wasn't it? In the didn't even need to raise her voice, just a very calm, threatening manner. And we find out that her voice box is broken and it's been broken since she was made. And she basically the recording works, but the actual mechanism doesn't. So she needs someone with an intact voice box. And lo and behold, here's Woody, who can still very clearly say there's a snake in my boots and all of these kind of things. So she sets her sights on that. There's an escape scene where Woody tries to get away and he makes a noise to attract the attention of the shopkeeper's granddaughter that's since walked in and she takes Woody off to the playground to borrow him for the afternoon. Yeah. Forky gets left behind. We then cut to Buzz who, as we mentioned, for purposes of this part of the... uh, Well, what is it? It's not a trilogy. What's it called after a trilogy? I've got no idea. No. Well, anyway, Buzz, for this part of the franchise, is turned into Joey from Friends and becomes a complete buffoon. (laughs) And he remembers a conversation that he had with Woody where Woody tells him to listen to his inner voice. So... Buzz takes this literally and presses all his buttons and it is pretty funny. Each time it says something, he takes it literally. literally so, yeah. yeah, like if it says, I don't know, back to Star Command, he thinks he has to run back to the van and you get the idea. It, it was it was funny, but I don't ever remember him being that thick. After going after Woody, he ends up being put as a prize on a fairground stall and we do get a little shot of pizza planet tattoo on the fairground worker's leg which i did spot at the time yes you did i didn't notice that though woody ends up in the playground and lo and behold bo's there 
what are the odds of this? They've driven miles out of town. How many bows would have been manufactured? We know Woody's a one-off because we understand that from the second one, that him, Jesse and Bullseye are pretty much collector's items. So you're probably not going to come across many of those. How does he know at the start that this is the bow that he knows? It's like when they went down the aisle of a toy store and saw all the Buzz Lightyears that were on sale. It's ridiculous. Well, obviously it wouldn't be quite the same if you said, oh, Bo, is that you? And it was like, no, I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I just, Again, I just think it, it seems a little bit coincidental, personally. Mm. So Bo Peep has completely changed personality in the same way Buzz has, but in a reverse effect, she's now become really intelligent and really sassy. Yeah. Kind of a reason behind that, because she's had to. So she got donated she then ended up in an antique store. So she's quite, you know, she's had to toughen up and be a bit more. Yeah, she's had to be a bit more independent. So her personality change kind of makes sense. Yeah. We're then introduced to Giggle McDimples. She's sweet. Lovely. And we believe she was supposed to be a Polly Pocket, but we're not sure why they didn't say the term Polly Pocket. I don't know if it's copyright or. Probably. I don't know why, why, why wouldn't they give permission though? I mean, come on. To get your brand into a Toy Story film, it seems seems very strange that they wouldn't. Is there Polly Pocket in America? Oh, I don't know, actually. Maybe it is only a British thing. Is Giggle McGiggleson or whatever her name was an American thing? Oh, we didn't even think of that, did we? What we like, Britain, we think that we're the centre of the earth, don't we? We're only tiny. Mm. I mean, probably not, but, you know, just a thought. We then see Combat Carl is there as well. And Woody really emotionally manipulates Bo at this point. Very disturbingly so, I would say. (laughs) Because he wants her to help him go and get Falky back, whereas she's just like, no, I'm not going in that antique store. Why would she want to, you know? Hard time. Yeah, you know, she knows Gabby Gabby. She knows that the woman's a psycho. She doesn't want to go anywhere near it. And he basically tells her how great it was when Molly loved her and, you know, makes her go back to obviously a sensitive place in her life until she agrees. So I'm not sure that's true love, Woody. I think that was quite mean to do that. A little bit sort of don't like, you know, sort of paths, whatever they do, stuff like that. You know, very charming on, on the surface, but actually very evil, nasty, manipulative people. I mean, could Toy Story 5 be that, that Woody is exposed as being a serial killer? Do we need another another film to out him? You know, we should have all seen this from the beginning. <laughs> and maybe Woody killed Andy's dad. Yes. Because Andy loved his dad him. the most. Mm. Yeah. And Woody killed yes. him. Yes. Maybe we hear that Andy's going to get married and then he kills his wife. <laughs> You know, and it's like, you'll have me forever. Yeah, there you go. That could work, couldn't it? Maybe the most realistic one. Would. So Gabby Gabby uh, explains to Falky that she wants Harmony, who is the shopkeeper's granddaughter, to uh, play with her. She wants to be someone's favourite toy because she's never Mm -hmm. had that. We then cut to Bunny and Ducky, who are the toys that are chained up with... Buzz on the fairground attraction 
And we were quite surprised at them. They made us laugh a lot as well, didn't they? And again, from the trailer, I think both of us thought we were going to find him quite annoying, but they were fine. Yeah, they weren't that bad, yeah. Not as good as Forky. Oh, God, no. No, no, they weren't as good as Forky, but they were entertaining enough. They had a couple of uh, lines that made me give a little wry smile. I think think the problem was, actually, there was quite a lot of new characters. I don't know if it really warranted it. A lot of the scenes that featured new characters could have been done with existing characters. You know, we could have had, like, a couple of them. We don't need them all, really, did we? Because, you know, Jesse, another one huge part of the franchise from two onwards and she was barely seen yeah. at all and I, I find that a little bit a little bit strange that she was sidelined I mean even Buzz as we said yeah Buzz manages to escape with uh, Bunny and Ducky and he gets reunited with them Woody tells Bunny and Ducky that they can go and live with Bonnie Punitive, because he wants him to do something so he's like oh come with me I'll do this for you yeah, I'll give you a child at the end, which is what all of these toys crave being owned by a child. And it's like dangling something in front of them to get what he yeah. wants. Talking of Jessie, this is pretty much a only real scene in it. She lets down the RV tyres to stop Bonnie from leaving because obviously Buzz is missing, Woody's missing, Forky's missing. And they don't know what's happening. So they're trying to stall for time. That's quite a good idea for Jessie. Yeah. We then meet Duke Caboon. Another character which really wasn't needed. No, don't get me wrong, quite amusing. Gave Keanu Reeves a part, nothing wrong with him. But could they have used an existing character? They possibly could have used one of the soldiers that was already part of the film, which we barely saw. You know, you're not going to get any of the other characters. You're not going to get toys of them or, you know, they're going to have a very niche fan base by Gabby Gabby Toy. I'd, I'd probably not. Uh, Duke Caboon basically is what I believe was based on Evil Knievel, which was um, the Evil Knievel doll. You can buy a Gabby Gabby toy. Oh, okay. I'll put that on my Christmas list. Thank you. <laughs> I'll put it in my Amazon basket and buy it for you. Yeah, <laughs> pop it in. So Duke Caboon was, I believe, based on an Evil Knievel doll, which was out before I was born. It was out in the 70s. And... It was kind of had this, um, it was known for having this amazing advert where it, well, literally like on the film, and he took it pretty much word for word. It could do all these things. And then, of course, the reality of it is it is just a bit of plastic and it's not going to go and soar across a desert. And was that a big uproar, was it? Or it was probably one of the early claims of false advertising, I, mean, I guess. It's foolish that people believe this stuff. Well, it was the 70s. You know, we'd only just got colour telly, Holly. Even now it's like you have to explain everything don't you to people because like people aren't happy about stuff and mm. they don't know what's going on and it's like just use your brain I mean I don't think it was like the outrage you get today I'm sure that no one was actually going and suing people and doing sad face pictures for the Daily Mail but <laughs> I think it disappointed a few kids put it that way yeah. but in in the good old days you'd just say well get over it and play with something else wouldn't you yeah he basically can't get over the fact, and this was quite funny, that he had, I can't remember this kid's name. Was it Ramon? Or, I can't remember now. But basically he disappointed a child on, on Christmas Day or on his birthday. And he's getting visions of it, doesn't he? Yeah, it, it, it's it's very funny yeah, how he's done. Yeah, that was, that was funny. 
So we then uh, see the other funny scene uh, with Ducky and Barney, which you probably need to see. It's not going to be funny if I explain it, but it's just um, how they can get the keys off the old lady. Mm, That was good, actually. Very good. And eventually they do get them. Buzz arrives with the key to the cabinet. There's a lengthy scene where Woody has his voice box half ripped out. The cat eats Giggles. Then it brings Giggles up with Furball. They're all battered and bruised. They only just make it out alive. And Woody wants to go back in because they still haven't got Falky. And we must point out at this stage that we noted Falky was actually quite happy with Gabby Gabby. They were having a right good time together. And I don't think she would have been mean to him. I think she was perfectly all right of his company. No, they really got on. They could have been really good for each other. Yeah, he, you know, he was playing hide and seek with her. He was brushing her hair, brush with the wrong way round. But it wasn't like Woody was trying to get back in to save Falky because he was in danger. No. This was purely a bee in Woody's bonnet. Yeah. They say they're not going to help him. Woody literally has a breakdown in the street. Yeah. And it was it was embarrassing. They all leave, other than Buzz, but then Buzz remembers to listen to his inner voice. and then he gets basically told to leave as well. So Woody's left by himself, and Gabby Gabby says that she would do anything to be loved like Woody was loved. By Andy, doesn't she? She uses the the magic word. Well, yeah, she turns it kind of back on Woody. What? How? Mm -hmm. You know, she's as manipulative as Woody is, so she just turns it straight back on him. Because of Woody's constant going on about Andy, Forky, who is relatively new, knows all about the the tragedy. So tells it all to Gabby Gabby so she can use it, hmm. manipulate him. Absolutely. She used it against him. So Woody sacrifices himself in return for Forky and he, he undergoes an op by the ventriloquist dummy where his voice box gets taken out and again nothing really comes of this well no it just means that if you pull woody's string nothing's gonna happen it's not like that was the key playing bit that bonnie loved back to the rv and mum and dad have fixed the tire and they're just about to leave when they realize that bonnie's backpack is in the antique store so they go back for it which was ridiculous because what what is she going to have of any importance in her backpack that you would bother to go back for it when you've been delayed this much? She wasn't even emotionally attached to the backpack. She didn't care. Leave it. Yeah. Bo changes her mind and goes back to help Woody. Falky is released. Harmony sees Gabby Gabby and... For a minute, you think that this is uh, the happy ending for Gabby Gabby. This is the moment. Yeah, that that she's going to finally be loved by a child. And actually, even with a working voice box, this kid doesn't want her. And you know what? Gabby Gabby needs to be realistic. She's made in the 50s. She probably stinks from all that dust. dust. She's probably got moths in her. Why would the child want her? And she looks creepy. So she gets all depressed and he's just laying there and of course Woody being Woody he can't leave it can he so Bonnie comes back into the shop at this point I think with the with the backpack so it's their opportunity to get in but Woody's like no no we need to get Gabby Gabby to a home we need to get her in this it's like just leave her Leave her be. And that's Gabby Gabby's home she would have got over it she's got Vincent the creepy dolls who she seems to get on well with 
he didn't need to interfere at this another point. Another child might have come along and wanted her. Yeah, many opportunities. Forky does go in the backpack, so he's saved, but we've still got Woody and Bo Peep that are out of the backpack. There's some nonsense scene there. There's some sort of like carnival going on. So it's Woody trying to yeah. get Gabby Gabby to the carnival where they can meet the RV. Yes. So basically the RV's since driven off. And this was quite a clever scene that one of the dinosaurs, not Rex, the lady dinosaur, was basically doing the voice of the sat-nav. Yes. And making them drive back towards the fairground. That, that was quite good. Yeah. So they're, they're trying to get Gabby Gabby because obviously Woody inexplicably thinks that he can give, you know, she doesn't want him, who's a toy from the 50s, but for some reason he thinks that she would want Gabby Gabby. Yeah, along with Ducky and whoever else. Yeah, just bring the whole lot along, Duke Caboon. She'll want all of you. Even though you're all really old toys, she'll want the lot of you. Yeah. Ducky and uh, Bunny say they've been hanging up there for about four years, don't they, or something? And, you know, she will, she'll play with them all equal amounts, apparently, you know. Yeah. As they're, they're waiting for the RV, Gabby Gabby spots a lost child and she decides that she would like to make that child fall in love with her. Why not? Let's give it a go. Give it a go. So that's what happens. I think it's supposed to be touching. I didn't find it emotionally heartwarming. Neither did I. I just thought, uh, you know, the, the parents, the lost child finally sees a parent and they're just sort of like, oh, you found a toy. You know, they don't know if that's someone's special toy, do they? No, they should have said, where did you find that? And tried to give it back to the original owner. Or I would have said, that's filthy. Put it down. Come on, we're going home. Don't run off again. So we get a lengthy goodbye from Woody. He kind of looks at Bo and, you know, she's kind of pleading with him to stay because for some reason she loves Woody and she genuinely does. He's actually found someone that genuinely loves him. He'll never find that again. <laughs> it's a miracle he found it once. Buzz says to Woody, she'll be okay. And then he says, I mean, Bonnie will be okay. And that kind of makes Woody think, okay, I need to be with Bo Peep now. He stays behind, gives Jesse his sheriff badge. <sighs> Even then, even when he's doing that, he's so, he, you know, he's so over the top. Like, look after her. It's like, we have been. You know, we have. Because she doesn't want to play with you. She doesn't like you. We've been all right without you. You've been in the cupboard half the time. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was quite touching that the last words were Buzz said to infinity and then you cut to Woody who says and beyond and that's that's the end of it yeah well remembered seeming as we saw it you know however many weeks ago yeah I mean it should have been I thought we won't need to write many notes because obviously we're going to record this tomorrow won't be a problem little did we know Little did we know, but anyway, I think we've 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 captured most of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, you know, no one comes here for the whole plot, do they? Well, they're in the wrong place if they're looking for the plot, yeah, really, aren't yeah. they? Any kind of expert analysis. I think I think you, you did enjoy it at yeah. the time. I think there were some scenes that just went on far too long. I, I, you know, I can't stand this like back and forth, back and forth. You know, like fine mm. that we do the whole oh, we need to get 
you know, four key, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's then the, oh, we're nearly with Bonnie. Oh, one more thing. We need to get Gabby Gabby. Like, I find all that very light. I'm just like, come on. Like, we know how it's going to end. Stop just messing around. It annoys me. But, you know, overall, there were some good bits in it. It was I mean, it, probably my least favourite of the four, I would say. But then I'd still give it a solid sort of eight or nine out of ten. Come it's off. a really good film. It's a good film. I don't, I don't know if I would watch it again. Oh, come Christmas, you'll have it on the telly because everyone will be watching it, mm. waiting for Gavin and Stacey. Oh, yeah, that will be good. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for Gavin and Stacey. But, oh, wrong show, curses. We didn't pick to do a Gavin and Stacey podcast, yeah. did we? No. We've got to talk about Disney. I've got nothing more to add, as, as always. Why would I? Never have. No, never do. <laughs> Basically, we didn't ask for shout-outs because at the time, no one would have seen it at the time that we were releasing it or, you know, they just wouldn't have been time to get the shout-out. So at this point, we normally give people shout-outs. We're just not going to do that, are we? Because we haven't had any. Nope. I know that your friend Lyle was a big fan of Vincent, wasn't he? Very. That was the first thing he said when he came out. I adore Vincent. Yeah. So... If you would like to get in contact with us, you can find us on Twitter at Theme Park Films, on Instagram at Theme Park Films Podcast, or you can email us, themeparkfilms at hotmail.com. And we are also the proud creators of Britpod Scene, which is a collective of British podcasts. If you head to Britpod Scene on Twitter, all of the shows we retweet are the shows that we endorse. So, thank you very, very much no problem oh sorry i'm thanking you ollie just well, oh cheers holly turn up to your own show thank you very very much for listening and we will see you in the next one bye theme park films podcast is part of brit pod scene a network of uniquely british podcasts that's always growing check out britpodscene.com or follow britpodscene on twitter to find out more